0: Welcome to another episode, I am V, and this is the Sussex Set. And like our faves, I hope you're doing well. I appreciate each of you for tuning in. And if this gets out on time, it is a Saturday night, at least where I am. So if you're able to listen live or listen when I first drop the episode, hope you're able to get your wine, get your popcorn like Olivia Pope. And girl, let's chat. Now, you know what I've been thinking about, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately. We might not even be ready for some of the things that Harry and Meghan are about to bestow on us. I mean, the greatness we're about to witness, like we know we want them to do well, and we know they are doing well, and we know that people banked on them failing, but they're absolutely refusing to do anything mediocre. Not that I'm surprised by that, but the fact that they do everything so well and every little thing they do garners attention and it trends and all the relevant places. It's nice to actually get a taste of the magnificence we're about to witness. And I know I'm, you know, hyping them up real, real good here. But seriously, I noticed that we're seeing the name Archwell more and more in relation to the events that they are doing. They're building their platform. They're creating their circle of influence and they're rolling out their brand as a family right before our eyes so i hope you guys are really paying attention and actually enjoying and appreciating what we're getting to see because it's going to be a work in progress i'm sure as anything is especially when you're harry and megan and there's a whole lot of people rooting for you to fail so that's to say there's a lot of pressure but seeing them do it so well and be able to handle it so well I can't wait until they have their foot on the gas. Like I said, there's a lot of people paying attention, but I'm getting more and more excited every day. Their Royal Highnesses, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex and of success. They're just getting started and they both have a lot to say. And that's probably why everything they're doing is so authentic and it feels so rich because they do have a lot to say and they're going to say it titles or not and speaking of titles okay because you know let's go ahead and transition you feel speaking of titles some people and you know who they won't admit why they really want the titles taken away they won't admit it but basically they think whiteness is a prerequisite and that's point blank period since they won't say it I'll say it for him, because now they're talking about you got to earn your titles. As far as I know, ain't nobody ever earned a title. The queen, the person that gave them the titles, didn't think they needed to do anything to earn them. And you can say what you want about the queen, but she's the only person who can take them away. That's why people are dropping her name in all of their complaints. And while I don't personally care about the titles, it's not my place to care about them. Those titles belong to two people and they can only be removed by one. So dear hater, just because you don't want Harry and Meghan to be referred to as the Duke and Duchess of Sussex doesn't mean the Queen agrees. And we know you feel abandoned by Harry because in your head, he was your man and you're supposed to be the Duchess of Sussex, not the color girl. But if you think the queen is going to take those titles away from her favorite grandson and his wife, you are smoking more crack than Kate Middleton's uncle. Period poo. So here's a little history lesson. Let me tell y'all a little something about the Duke of Sussex. The original title holder. Augustus Frederick was his name. Now I ain't gonna sit here and pretend to know everything about him. All right, because to be honest, I didn't know he existed until the royal wedding, right? But just like you, I first learned that he was an abolitionist. And that's cool, but that's not the most interesting thing about him. During his life, he married for love. And the powers that be, you want to know what they did? They delegitimized his marriage because they didn't like who he married. He married a woman by the name of Lady Augusta Murray. And in a secret ceremony in Rome... They became man and wife. Well, someone heard about it. They went to go get him. They brought him back to England. And then later, when both he and Lady Augusta Murray were in England, they got married again in secret. But since the terms of their marriage were considered outside of the Royal Marriages Act of 1772, their marriage was annulled. So that his two children, who were actually born in wedlock, they were deemed illegitimate and his son couldn't inherit his title and it's why the title died with him when he died. That is until it was resurrected in 2018 when the queen gave it to Harry and then as well to Meghan as his wife. Now this next point is a very important one and it is that the Duke of Sussex has always been a highly coveted title. So coveted that All of the so called royal experts thought that the queen would give one of her sons the title. And when that didn't happen, then it supposedly guaranteed that she would give it to the future, future King William. Well, that didn't happen either, because see, the Duke of Sussex is a very popular figure historically. And in his time, he was seen as a man of the people, not just in hindsight, but during his lifetime he was seen as a prince of the people. The people's prince, if you wanna say it. A prince of people's hearts. He related to people. He was the favorite uncle to the queen's favorite queen, who was Queen Victoria. And so it actually makes sense that she gave the title to her favorite grandson. And it's very well known that that is Harry. And the cherry on top is that Harry's wife, is a descendant of slaves and the original Duke of Sussex was an abolitionist and in his time he was such a man of the people that he didn't even want a state funeral and he wanted his final resting place to be among the people in a cemetery founded as a cemetery for all souls which happens to be Kensal Green Cemetery right in London. So essentially, saying, don't put my body behind palace walls, but when I die, place me among the people, because in my life, I never saw myself as better than the average man. And so, when you think about it, it's actually fitting that when Harry meets people, he tells them, just call me Harry. Now, I'm not saying that he's the first royal to ever do that, but of course, people are going to naturally address him by the Duke of Sussex. But he is very clear. Just call me Harry. In fact, call me Big H if you want to. You'll love to see it. And the people that he served with when he was in war, the men were very vocal about the fact that they couldn't believe that he wanted to just be called Harry or that they expected him to want to have special treatment. He says, no, nah, I'm, I'm literally like one of y'all. Like we out here on the front lines, I'm your comrade. That's it. And Harry has lived his life that way. It's not something he just came up with in the last two years. And Her Royal Highness Megan, the Duchess of Sussex, the first to hold the title. She also says, just call me Megan." And I know this is hard for some of the girls to hear, but they are truly the prince and princess of the people. If we can apply this to modern times. People relate to them. And the queen had the foresight to see that between her son's heirs, only one of them could wear that title well. And it was Harry, the people's prince. He was called that before he met Meghan and before he had the title. So if y'all think Elizabeth II is going to take away this title just because you want her to, just because you don't want him to have it because it outshines your faves just because you don't like that a woman of color holds the title as well, then you clearly have not been paying attention. All you're doing is wasting your breath because what if I told you the title was always going to belong to Harry and whoever he chose to marry? She probably had that title set aside for Harry before he could walk. And uh ooh. Look, all you got to do is use your Googles, girl. It's free. It's free. And the Express got dragged by the world for calling for their titles as well. The congressmen got dragged. You know, you people better take note. That's what will happen. In fact, it'll happen to the entire royal family if they touch those titles. The Queen's not going to touch them. If anybody does, it'll be Will, but girl by that time they will have had those titles for about 30 years what sense does it make to even touch him you know but i wish they would i wish they would yeah because the world will never stop trashing them for it so really all critics can do is just keep crying about it and they love to say that she's done nothing to earn them and you know the others have but my question is what were they supposed to do to earn them other than get married? Because it was a gift. That's my understanding. It was a gift from the queen. And gifts aren't typically earned. They're just given. And like nobody caused a stink when they first got the titles. All of a sudden it's take the titles back because they're telling people to vote, because they're stating the obvious about structural racism. You don't have to look too far to see evidence of structural racism in Britain. So not only do they not have to earn them, but there's nothing that says they have to do any certain thing in order to keep them. And if that was the case, they've done more than enough. And the rest have done what? Not nearly as much. And y'all have never called for their titles. Where were these complaints on the wedding day? Oh, that's right. They hadn't developed their hatred of Megan yet. But, you know, I remember I used to fight people on Twitter before they got married, right? Like, because I saw the birth of the cesspool that is now the power derangers. People hating on Megan, knowing nothing about her and always saying things like, well, you know, I just don't like her. You know what? There's just something about her. You know, I can't really put my finger on it, but, you know, it just doesn't feel right. Just say it's her skin color and go, please. Please. They did the same thing to Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. Michelle especially. But guess what? Karma always wins. And time always tells a story. Because for like the 11th year in a row, Michelle Obama and Barack Obama are consistently voted the most admired man and woman in America. Maybe the world. I don't know. But definitely in America. Like consecutively there hasn't even been one year where they haven't been that for like the last 11 years Michelle Obama had the best-selling book when her book dropped Barack Obama's probably gonna have the best-selling book when his book drops and the same people that led the charge against them at least politically oh they're fighting for their lives in re-election right now time will always tell the full story that's why I'm not worried but yeah, Megan didn't have whiteness as a prerequisite and they'll never admit that is the reason why they want the titles because that wouldn't be admitting the truth behind their hatred, but we all know why. But guess what else, girls? That's a conversation that will never catch on in America because we don't care about titles in the first place. And even if they relinquished them, absolutely nothing would change. Nothing And thanks to Petal Weeks on Twitter, we've since learned that the person who wrote the story for Daily Mail, of course, about the congressman who wrote the letter about Harry and Meghan and the queen needing to take back their titles. Well, you know, the author of the story and the author of the letter, turns out they're friends from college. And the Daily Mail ran the story five minutes before he even posted the tweets. So this congressman, I don't even know his name, He was a pawn and he's made himself look stupid. Like, dude, you're up for reelection. Don't you have other concerns right now? Like, you know, the concerns of your constituents and like not what the queen is doing. And this is why I believe he was paid. Because again, look who's involved, the Daily Mail. And do you guys remember the chick that asked Donald Trump about uh, Harry and Meghan recently where Trump said, oh, I wish him luck. He's going to need it. Well, she also worked for the Daily Mail. And so it should become very clear that the Daily Mail really does have it out for Megan and they continue to target her either so she'll drop the suit or just for fun and for clicks or both probably both but what I love is how unfazed she is the tricks these right-wing turds are up to but it also shows how simple-minded the president is and how low the bar is set for him that the Daily Mail could ask him a question about someone who he should even be considering at this point whether it's prince harry or Meghan markle but see the daily mail is always plotting because they know that donald trump will take the bait there's no way obama could be president at a podium and somebody asked him that no matter who they work for but donald trump is the ringleader of this circus and so they got him and what happened megan's name was trending instantly In England and over here. But again, it only makes her legend grow. More people who don't really even pay attention to the Sussexes will keep hearing about them and say, well, let me take a closer look. And the vast majority of those people, they love what they find and they become fans. Sussex Squad becomes bigger and more powerful as well. So I say keep calling for the titles because as long as people are scrutinizing what the Sussexes are doing with their titles, They'll look at the others and they'll try to see what they're doing with their titles too. And then they'll make a judgment of who's really earned their titles and who hasn't. Not that they even have to be earned in the first place. And I have a theory. They really don't want Megan to have that title because Harry's always going to be a prince. They don't want Megan to have the title because as long as she is a duchess, she is directly compared to Floptine Aguilera. Especially with Meghan only getting more popular since leaving England. And this is where the entitlement comes in. The other Duke and Duchess that is in the same age group. Well, they're going to be Duke and Duchess for quite some time. Yes, in your future, you do see King and Queen. All you got to do is live long enough. I mean, if the monarchy is still around. But one day you're going to get there, it just won't be tomorrow. You want it to be tomorrow. That's why y'all so eager to have Charles just, you know, take a seat and let Will be the person who's going to take over. I told you they are so eager to see Harry and Meghan bow to Will and Kate that they just want to set Charles aside altogether. And you don't get to just set Charles aside because really that defeats the whole purpose of a monarchy. The whole point of a monarchy is that you don't get to choose. It's who's next in line. And it appears that Charles is next. I know a lot of y'all was praying. I mean, not to be insensitive because it's no joking matter. A lot of y'all really must've been praying when that man had COVID that he would just go on about his way and say goodbye to the earth. And he bounced right back though. (laughs) And here he is because he's next and you don't love it but you don't have a choice. So you can't be a royalist. You can't be a monarchist and say, well, but you know, I want Will to be king because, you know, that would modernize the monarchy. Really, girl, no, it wouldn't because he'd still be a terrible leader. And so therefore, for the rest of Elizabeth's life and for the rest of Charles's life, Will and Kate will be just a duke and a duchess. See, the sad part about it is really, both couples should be able to do exactly what they want to do without being compared. But the haters wanted to make it a competition. So is so on. Not that it should be, not that Harry and Meghan are trying to compete against Will and Kate, but we know that Will and Kate are trying to compete with Harry and Meghan. And now that they know they are losing this competition that they've created in their heads. And I'm not talking about Will and Kate. I'm talking about their fans, the Royalists, the Monarchists. Now that you're losing, You want to take your ball and you want to go home. You want to take the titles. Because right now, Meghan doesn't bow to anybody except the queen. But when you remove the title and she goes back as Princess Henry, people don't curtsy to her and she will always have to curtsy to Kate. That's what they want. Please do see it. They want her to be reminded at every turn that they think she's below them. Please peep game. And as for the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, all they did when Harry and Meghan was there was hide behind their work and hide behind their bullies. And with Meghan and Harry being an ocean and a continent away, with their own media, American mainstream media, which is far more influential than British media, there's no one to hide behind. Your work now has to stand for itself. And so you release a TED talk and Harry does a time talk and the numbers will speak for themselves and they will speak loudly. Not that they should always be compared because I'm not saying that at all. I know I do a lot of comparing, but that's just really so I can be shady because, hello. Uh, (laughs) But I'm aware that bringing up the others is not always in service to my faves. I know that. But one thing the haters are gonna know is this. Y'all were working overtime to position Harry and Meghan as the losers of the royal family after all their hard work and after all that bullying. And it was never a competition in the first place. And it's still not. But from the very beginning, people made the Sussexes to be the baddies and the other ones were the goodies. And they were forceful with it too. The Sussexes were the ones doing it all wrong, while the others were never setting a foot wrong. Well, now that you got them out like you wanted, and now the sis went back to where she came from, took her man with her. What y'all don't get to do is look away now that they're winning and we know y'all not gonna look away anyway but we're gonna look at those all-important numbers and what you will do is measure their influence the same way we do and you'll note whose influence stretches the furthest whose conversations have more impact but what the critics shouldn't do is make the mistake of thinking that their faves can do it too they can try But just because Harry and Meghan make it look easy doesn't mean that it's actually easy or that the people will respond in the same way. But we see that they're trying to do just that, calling William the people's prince now and trying to make it stick. That really made me cringe, not gonna lie. And it made me feel sorry for the taxpayers that they fund the royal family because yikes, yikes. Like, was he ever called the people's prince before? Like last week, ever? And you know what? I think it's good that they're working or at least pretending to work hard, at least to be more visible for the people that own them, the taxpayers, because that is their literal job to pretend to care, to pretend to work. And maybe that's the power of Harry and Meghan, too, because not only did their stint in the royal family show the girls what real work looks like, but their stride after they left the royal family makes the others desperate to compete because the Sussexes still overshadow them and their work still overshadows theirs they're trying to become the Sussexes they're trying to come out from under that long shadow cast by Harry and Meghan and hey maybe their efforts will produce a net positive for everybody else in the royal family maybe they'll develop a personality and a true brand that isn't attempting to copy Harry and Meghan but one that England can actually be proud of because God knows they're paying for it. And as it stands now, they should be requesting a refund just like they did for Harry and Meghan. Because y'all are actually paying people to walk around and act like they think y'all are all the same, when truthfully, they wouldn't spit on you to save your life if you were on fire. And I'm just giddy over the fact that Harry and Meghan's influence grows and almost by default, the royal family's influence weakens. Harry and Meghan, they aren't even full throttle yet. And that's why they keep begging Harry to come back because they need him. They need that energy. And they have needed him all along. And they didn't think he had the guts to leave. And now he's living and thriving in LA. To live and thrive in LA. I mean, because... That's what the boys doing. Have you seen the time 100 pictures? He looks good. You know, cuz if I <laughs> look, if if I didn't love Megan, I'd be thirsting after Harry. He looks amazing. And that's because he looks happy. He looks happy. And most people are happy for him. But I think people might've thought they had the right to criticize and complain about Harry and Meghan as members of the Royal family. And, you know, I'll be generous and, you know, let's say, yeah, yeah. They had the right to complain as tax funded individuals. You can complain. Let's just, let's just say that. Let's just be generous. But now that the money is literally paid back now that she's not even in your country, now that he's not even in the country, now that they're not funded by your future King, Now that all your wishes have come true after wishing upon that star, you have lost your right to complain. Like it is official. So you can stop sending death threats. You should stop sending hate mail. You should stop visiting IG pages and YouTube videos that talk about the Sussexes and telling folks how much you hate them. You should stop seeking out the Sussex content altogether. If all you plan to do is complain about them, it makes no sense to let the hate actually eat you alive. It's so toxic and speaking of hate one thing I did see I can't I just can't ignore it I couldn't ignore it and I, I'm just going to mention it here was that there was a headline a couple of headlines from the Robert Lacey book or regarding the Robert Lacey book saying that someone in the palace hated Megan. well that much we know but it's still jarring to see the words and to have the confirmation we know that like it's no surprise to anyone but to see somebody actually speak that To me, it says a lot, and it's a little unnerving. And listen, I always say, regardless of what we feel about these people, these reporters, these so-called experts, there is some truth in what a lot of them have to say. Not saying it's all true, not even saying most of it is true, but there's always a grain of truth somewhere in there. And it sounds like gossip, and it feels like gossip, but it's rooted in something bad. It's rooted in something that was never good for Megan. And most of the royal reporters have said in one way or another that the family does not like Meghan, that they don't like how the Sussexes are doing things and changing things up. Well, these are the strongest terms that we've heard yet. And hate is a deliberate word. And people don't use that word by accident. Now, of course, the person can't be named, according to Lacey. But hell, you could blindfold somebody and have them throw a dart and it'll land on somebody in the palace that hated Meghan. And I'd put my life on the fact that at least one of those people is a ball-headed philanderer. Probably all of the great men. Maybe Flop, Isha and her mama. Really, it doesn't matter who. Because whoever it was, they got what they wanted. They may not realize the joke's on them, but they got what they wished for. But know this. It's all for Megan's good that she got out of there. Because if someone hates you, they'll hurt you. And Harry knows that. I will always, I will always protect my family. And now I have a family to protect. Um, so everything that, everything that she went through and what happened to her is incredibly raw every single day. And that's not me being paranoid, that's just me not wanting a repeat of, of the past. Um, and if anybody else knew what I knew, be it a father, be it a husband, be it anyone, you, do, you should probably do, be doing exactly what, I, what, what I'm doing as well. But it's why I was so relieved when they got their own security. And not to be a conspiracy theorist because I'm not that at all, but I was relieved. And when they go back to England, whenever that happens to be, they will have their own security detail. And it's not for me to trust or not trust the royal family, but just know that I don't. And speaking of Robert Lacey, he really fooled the girls into believing that his little book was going to make William look like the hero. Well, it turns out he made the good sis look like the petulant child he is. But not only that, but much of the good positive aspects of his reputation came at Harry's expense. It's what I mentioned in the last episode. They used him. They had him do the heavy lifting while they sat in the background doing nothing but laughing at the boy taking all of his ideas passing them off as their own well jokes on you boo because you can't hide behind Harry anymore and when you fail as you appear to be doing you can only blame yourself that's one thing you can do but the other thing you can do is watch all these wins pile up and they racking them up quite quickly Harry and Megan have done more in a couple of years than some of these royals have done for their whole careers like literally whole careers at least their peers, and they're continuing to do all the things. Starting with the podcast, Teenager Therapy, how great was that? And I swear, that podcast was like warm milk. I don't even drink warm milk, but something about it, you know, probably around Christmas time or, you know, in autumn. It just feels like it's so, it's just what the soul needs, you know? And I feel like that's what that podcast was. And congrats to the host of that podcast, because in just a few days, that video which was really an audio became their first video to have more than a million views and I think before that they were averaging like three or four thousand video views per video and they got one million views on the video with Harry and Meghan but don't get it twisted though because they still get a hundred thousand downloads for every podcast across all podcast platforms So they're eating (laughs) and they should be eating. That's, that's incredible because it's an incredible podcast. Uh, But I'm sure their YouTube channel is going to get more traction because people tend to listen on whatever is their preferred platform. And YouTube is the preferred platform for a lot of people, but they get a lot of downloads and people are listening. Don't forget Harry and Megan first heard about them after a profile of the podcast i believe in new york times magazine and i told y'all the haters wouldn't be able to help themselves because one of the hosts and you've i'm sure you've heard this by now but one of the hosts took to twitter and said not people hating on harry and megan in our comments here's the link to get you some help because you need some mental health coaching use this link one of our sponsors i'm trying to help you because you're crazy And I did see a lot of people saying, well, you know, just ignore it. You know, that's what they do. And that was probably the best thing to do. But remember, these are teenagers and social media is actually their territory, like natively. You know, they have never lived in a time where the Internet was not a thing. And on top of that, they host a successful podcast and they're in high school. And I would have been surprised if they actually didn't say anything or even make mention of it. But imagine being a middle-aged minivan driving Mima fixing your mouth to come at a group of teenagers who probably make more money than you do. Truthfully, it's sad, you know, but I definitely don't want the goodness of this podcast appearance to get lost in the sauce, you know. But uh, what I loved about the conversation was how honest and authentic It was. And whenever we look back on it or whenever they look back on it, it'll be like a time capsule, you know, because we're in a quarantine. This is such a unique time. And, you know, in the pictures, they all wore masks and much of the conversation was about how mental health is impacted and how the pandemic is presenting all of these new challenges to mental health they're spending their senior year in quarantine, for God's sake. So talking about social isolation at a time when you're really supposed to be very, very social and the impacts that that's having. And Megan also shared with us the extent to which she felt socially isolated and how social media can outright drain people and drown them in toxicity. And she also mentioned how, like, she was actually the most trolled person in 2019 on the internet while pregnant and while on maternity leave. And we all saw that. But again, numbers don't lie. And I'm sure the data backs that up. Even in her legal documents, she says hundreds of thousands of articles were written about her. And that fact alone, just knowing that she was really the most trolled person on the internet in 2019, that makes my blood boil for her. And honestly, I can't even think about it too long because I could do a whole podcast on that one topic. But she spoke about how she was targeted and how it was barely survivable. Oh my God, it just, it's so gut-wrenching to even hear that phrase because how many people would not have survived that? We saw what happened with Carolyn Flack. And Megan has since said in a Another interview that she didn't read the comments or, you know, run the Sussex Royal page, but we saw how she was trolled and targeted even on her own page by some of these same people. And I love that Harry chimed in and said, well, you know, a lot of you fools are projecting. Y'all are hurting and you need to go outside and get some fresh air. Get off the internet. But the larger point being that what we are consuming is affecting us. And as Megan mentioned in her second Fortune interview, it's affecting us in the same way that a substance might affect a person who's addicted to it. And when you're consuming something that's toxic, it corrodes your insides. And we're really talking about your mind here. And to be honest, it is helpful to step away. And if you can't do that or if you won't do that, surround yourself with positive voices, not toxicity. And they also spoke about the importance of keeping your mind calm and checking in with others, but also checking them with yourself. Harry said he meditates regularly. Love that. I don't know if he ever did or, you know, when he started it, but everybody knows that meditation is really good for your brain. It's good for your brain and it even impacts how the rest of your day goes. I'm going to get serious about it. I think I've been saying that to myself for like the last five years I've been saying that, (laughs) like I've literally been saying that, but it's just so hard. Any anything that is new, any uh, kind of habit forming is a hard thing to do, but I'm really going to get into it. And not just because Harry said that truthfully, but you can see how much he talks about it and how important it is to him. So that was really good to hear that he takes that seriously. And I also loved that one of the hosts asked Megan, well, how are you doing? And she ended up speaking about the last time that she was asked that publicly, which was the Africa documentary when they were in the uh, Southern Africa tour and how as a mom, she was breastfeeding on the trip and she was exhausted and in between engagements, having to breastfeed Archie. And when she was asked that question, she answered honestly and that she hadn't been asked how she was by a lot of people which at the time was a response that was heard around the world and honestly it was the first time a lot of people got a glimpse of something that may be amiss in England with regard to Meghan being the Duchess of Sussex and I was glad that she shed a little bit more light on that and what she was feeling at the time but she wasn't just talking about that day because if you remember the whole interview was about her experience thus far as the Duchess of Sussex, as Harry's wife, as the newest member of the royal family, as the only woman a person of color in the royal family, and, you know, as the target for the tabloids and so on and so forth. Through that whole ordeal, she spoke honestly about the fact that not a lot of people had asked her if she was okay. So I love that she mentioned that, you know, but I also love the fact that they talked about the importance of allowing oneself to be vulnerable. And in fact, that there is power in vulnerability. Rather, I should say strength in vulnerability and how important it is for boys and men to realize and embrace that notion because We all think, well, it's just best to keep it to myself or you don't wanna feel like you're a burden to somebody else or to load all of your issues onto someone else. Or worse, we think that we're strong enough to carry it on our own or that you know it'll go away if we just ignore it, never acknowledging what we're feeling. And I just think it's so important for young folks to know the importance of opening up and allowing the people you love to help you carry a burden. But the way that Megan framed it helping the listener frame it in a way that the person they're asking to help them with something doesn't feel overwhelmed by the request. It was a very important tool and it was very appropriate to share in the context of the conversation. So, I mean, I just thought it was an emotionally intelligent conversation that people of all ages can relate to, especially teenagers and young people. But I found myself listening to it multiple times because it was helpful for me personally. And so um, I'm sure many other people did as well. And I'll tell you what, they have a story to tell. Harry and Meghan do. They went through something really dark and their entire family was under duress for an extended period of time. And I wouldn't wish that on anyone. But look at the light on the other side of that darkness. They can talk about responsibility and reporting and content sharing because they've lived through the dark side of that same thing. Think about it. Harry and Meghan, before they met each other, as individuals, they were loved. And they still are, don't get me wrong, but they didn't have the feeling that there was a movement against him. That hate is not warranted, but it is there. And we didn't see that hate until they joined one another in marriage. Then all of a sudden, these two people, people that were well-liked in their own right, now together as a married couple, they're public enemy number one. And the way they've come out On the other side of that is a model for anyone going through their own traumatic experiences. Granted, they are blessed in many ways and they do have global influence. But on the other side of that, don't forget that they were largely silenced and are only now able to speak freely about what they experienced. And they're not even really going into details, but they're hinting at some things. And while people are still criticizing everything they do, everything they say, they don't have to play by anybody's rules, but their own. And it goes to show that there's always a lesson to be gained from your bad times if you just hang around long enough and keep moving forward. Like if you decide to not fold, then you literally cannot lose. And when Megan put that video out of this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine for their wedding anniversary, in hindsight, it makes me love her more because whether she meant it or not, she sent a message. Try as you might, but this light I have, It doesn't extinguish and it may be hard now and it may even take me some time, but you just wait because this flame is going to be a raging inferno and I'm going to burn all your hatred to the ground. And the only thing you're going to be able to do is watch. Honestly, well done to all of them. What a great conversation about mental health on World Mental Health Day. And I'm sure these kids have a lot more to share and they're already giving so much and helping so many people by giving teens and really anyone an outlet to just listen and be human. I wish them so much success and I know they're going to have it. Uh, Did you know that Megan and Harry also chose the teenager therapy host to take part in the Time 100 talk that we have coming up? When I tell you I was so geeked to hear that, I know it's going to be great. Now, you know, they build a relationship over the years. Speaking of the Time 100 Talks, that is a series by Time Magazine online. And past guests include Lin-Manuel Miranda, Anthony Ramos, America Ferreira, Lewis Hamilton, Bill Gates, Jill Scott, Laverne Cox, Angelina Jolie, Shall I Continue, Dolly Parton, The Dalai Lama. Ooh, girl, the list goes on and on. Uh, Megan and Harry are hosting their own Time 100 Talks with some very important voices, voices that are creating positive spaces on the internet for all of us. And joining them in this talk are Alexis Ohanian, co-founder of Reddit. Some of you may know him as Serena Williams' husband. Tristan Harris, co-founder of Center for Humane Technology the Teenager Therapy hosts, writer Rachel Cargill, and journalist and author Maria Ressa. I'm probably missing a couple of people, but these are some of the people that have been revealed as guests in this talk. And the conversation will take place on Tuesday, October 20th, somewhere in the afternoon, Eastern time. So make sure you are registered. I know I am. And so I hope you get a chance to get registered too. And you know what? I heard that so many people registered at one time that we disabled the server. We broke a server or something like that. Dang, y'all. We're kind of strong, huh? The powerful Sussex Squad. I love it. Uh, now, the Time 100 is a list that Harry and Megan are constantly on regularly, year after year. Time also does the person of the year. And I believe Megan was like a finalist for two years in a row. Now they're working with the platform to have a conversation that is so relevant in our time when we have so many people online ingesting social media, putting micro content out there and having the ability to influence narratives in positive and in negative ways. So they've been consistent in their concern of the health of the digital space and the responsibility that platforms have, as well as the responsibility that we all have with our platforms. It isn't something that they just decided to jump on the bandwagon for. They're talking about it, yes, but they've been living it and they're using their influence to convince young people to be more responsible netizens too. What is a netizen? It's an internet citizen, a person who uses the internet. That's literally all it is. But if you can hear my voice, if you own a Twitter or an Instagram handle, you are a netizen. So please make sure you tune in. That is on Tuesday, October 20th. And based on past convos of the Time 100 talks, I'm expecting this one to be at least an hour long, which has me so excited, just the thought of it. So uh, make sure you tune in and tweet all about it. Oh, and did you guys hear uh, Harry Megan's Meghan's secret admirers are still trying to convince the folks that they are let me check my notes here that they're irrelevant when are they going to learn that that dog just doesn't bite that dog's just a little puppy dog he just wants pats on the head and, and for you to rub his belly every once in a while that's it He's not gonna bite it's not gonna catch on you know uh <laughs> saying about their regular virtual appearances of late Quote, it's not coming across well, and they are fast becoming a bit irrelevant, especially when you're seeing the Cambridges and Prince Charles speaking about massive global issues like this. You know, the Earthshot Prize and whatever Charles has going on that he's been having going on for like the last 40 or 50 years. By the way, the girls are kind of heated with Will for talking about climate change because... I think the girls think it's a hoax or something like that. People on the right don't tend to believe or or want people to speak out about climate change. They come across as liberals, et cetera, et cetera. But again, they're trying to compete. I mean, you can't care about climate if a whole like 747 was flown empty on your behalf so you can do a photo op with your kids on the tarmac and things like that but uh yeah harry and megan flew private blah 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 blah. sure but again they're not your concern anymore but see this is what i mean when i say i agree it's not a competition but the publications that tend to want to use harry and megan to promote the other royals by putting harry and megan down they seem to want to make it a competition but in doing so they don't realize that they're not embarrassing Harry and Meghan. We already know you don't like them. We already know you're trying to get other people to dislike them. But what they're doing is they're embarrassing the futures and the future futures. How many times have Harry and Meghan gone irrelevant apparently Megan was irrelevant before the marriage then let's see she was supposed to go irrelevant a few months after she got married then it was okay so after the Oceana tour she's going to be irrelevant okay well that's after the birth after she gives birth and then she goes to maternity leave then okay then she's going to be irrelevant And then they're just going to fade away into the country and raise their kid. Then it was after the news that Charles wanted to slim down monarchy because, of course, they'll be irrelevant because they're not in the the slim down monarchy. Then it was, okay. well, after they go back to America, they won't even be over here. So it's obscurity and irrelevance for you, Megan and Harry. And now they become irrelevant again. Listen, beloved. Next month, it's going to be a full year that they've been out of the country around Thanksgiving. In fact, remember, remember that six week break that turned into the real exit? January was just the announcement. And how many times are they going to recycle this headline? Like it must be a very popular headline for these tabloids because it seems to be their favorite. And how can they become irrelevant when they're always being talked about by these same tabloids? See, because people who are irrelevant don't usually get talked about. But Megan has a full-fledged tab devoted to her on their website. And you'd think they give that honor to Will and Kate. The ones they said were doing the important work. But what you're really mad about, and I know you'll never admit it, but... You're mad about the fact that Megan refuses to crawl into that hole you wanted her to crawl into. And you hate the fact that she didn't let you change how she saw herself. And you hate that the world media remains interested in what she has to say. And she has an even more influential media promoting her work and not tearing her down. England loves to act as if the world beyond their shores simply does not exist. Well, the fact that you see Megan all over the internet and all over your television, every time she does an interview, it reminds you of a few things. It reminds you of what you lost. It reminds you of the duds that you still have left behind. And she continues to remind you that you bet against the wrong one. And y'all don't really want to compare numbers, do you? Because let me be petty. On the same day that the Teenager Podcast YouTube video dropped, William also dropped the video about his big project, the Earth Prize. Earth Shot Prize, girl, whatever. The idea he stole from the other environmental prize that existed for literal years before his did. Anyway, he convinced Ted to let him do a talk let him make a video where he is pretending to care about the environment. And as he sits next to his little tree, he's reading his monologue because he's an actor. Well, anyway, his video and the audio for Teenager Therapy were released on YouTube on the same day. Well, as it stands... At the time of this recording, William's video, video, has 96,000 views. And that's not bad by any standards, you know. Um, It's pretty good. You know, it's almost 100K. But as I mentioned before, the teenage therapy audio, not even video, currently has 1.3 million views and they both say the videos were released six days ago. Same day, same format, same platform, same global audience. Don't do it to yourselves. You're trying to convince yourself of something that not even you believe. Y'all can't sell a single story about the other royals without mentioning Harry and Meghan's name first. And yes, I know it annoys some that I even mention it at all, but I find it hilarious just because of how delusional it all is. And it's obsessive even, but it also shows the power of the Sussexes because all they're doing is drawing people to Harry and Meghan, even more people and making them, you guessed it, more relevant. So an article about Meghan's shirt gets more retweets than a full blown story about the copy machine prize. Matter of fact, the people that Harry and Meghan promote end up getting more attention than the other royals. But I guess that's the key mark of delusion. You ignore the facts that are right in front of your face. That's sad. But to be honest, it's, it's pleasing me and my homegirls. But like speaking of faces and face, Meghan sure is serving face, isn't she? Because dark lipstick Megan is back, y'all. And the other girls are just going to have to seethe about it. Like she's back. She's back. And we love it. We love it. And seeing Megan like this, because she's really in the pocket right now. Seeing her like this just gets me hype. Because as someone pointed out, what Megan is giving now is exactly what she was giving when and or before she met Harry. She's glamorous, and that's not a crime. That's not a crime. That shouldn't be held against her. We see that it is, and that it has been, but girl, we don't care. We don't care. Dark lipstick Megan is back, and we love it. So she tried it the royal way, wearing her hair down all the time, or most times. And when she did that, they said that she was wearing hair extensions. She tried to dress in the midi skirts and the basic boring dresses. Not that they weren't cute. Not that it wasn't a look because my girl still has style, you know, but when she did that, they complained about her style and they said that, you know, the price tag on her clothes were just too high and, you know, don't get me wrong. I live for a Royal styled Megan she has some major style moments in that particular context but no thanks because when you look back knowing what we know now you can see that she was stifled to a degree call it protocol call it whatever but no thanks and remember when Megan showed up to the British Fashion Awards and she basically broke the internet The one shoulder velvet dress, slick back hair and the black nail polish. They called her vulgar. Like how stupid was that? They called her vulgar. A pregnant woman vulgar. Even though there are countless examples of other royal women dressing similarly, the way they treated that woman least of all for her fashion choices is unreal. Unreal. She played by their rules and she was still disrespected. So I say for the free duchess, get your fashion on girl. Go ham even. Go ham. Do all the things you want to do because we are in the same world and we love to see you shine. And I got to say, my favorite quarantine look so far has been the Gloria Steinem interview with the pinstripe pants and the hat and, you know, just the plain white tee. But I also love the Malala interview look. Megan has always had a very simple classic style, but she's also gone on the record to say that one of her style inspirations is Carolyn Bessette Kennedy. And really, when you look at Carolyn Bessette Kennedy's pictures, street style, all of that, you can kind of see that. And for those of you who don't know, Carolyn Bessette was the wife of JFK Jr. And she was known for her very demure but always chic style. She was in her own right a fashion icon during her time. And she had more of a timeless style. Carolyn Bessette worked in the fashion industry so she could definitely do it better than most but her style was anything but pretentious so I think Megan is on to something when you really look at it because one of the things that make women that we see as fashionable through time or through the years they've always been able to get a look that when you look back on it even decades later it still looks like it could be in fashion or some version of it is already in fashion or never has gone out of style. And I think Megan's style also makes her very approachable. So it's what makes her so popular. It's why things sell out so quickly. Her fashion choices are always like on point uh, to me. But her style is easy for any woman to duplicate and incorporate into their already existing wardrobe. And that's what makes the smart set collection so good and why it was so successful anyway I'm looking forward to all of the non-quarantine looks she's able to do zooms and from the little we can see she looks amazing so uh, I also respect how she dresses for the occasion and what she wears for Malala is different from what she's going to wear for teenager therapy so the versatility for Megan is always on point And speaking of Malala, I really, really enjoyed that video. And we all got a kick out of how Harry was looking at Megan on that couch, girl. (laughs) I love that. And I love how like we always get those moments here and there. And that's how you can see that like they really are into each other. That's just so cute. But uh She was looking like a whole entire entree, not just a snack, giving me Sharon Stone basic instinct, you know? Uh, And I love the moment at the end where Malala asked about Archie and just said, give my love to him. Like, what a sweet, genuine moment. And can we just talk about what a champion Malala is? And if you don't know who she is, I'm sure you probably do. But if you're someone who doesn't know who she is, she is a... Nobel Peace Prize winner among other things for the causes that she has taken up which is primarily girls education and her passion for the cause grew directly out of a trauma that she experienced where her life almost ended eight years ago eight years ago this month in fact uh, because she wanted to be educated and she advocated for girls being educated and going to school Well, now that she's about to graduate Oxford, she has carried on with her mission and she continues to use her platform, the Malala Fund, to have conversations with people like the Sussexes, the Obamas and Oprah. And, you know, she's received so many awards, too many to count. Uh, But she was also shortlisted for Times Person of the Year in 2013. So, good company there. Uh, But it is so inspiring to see that what she went through, it didn't stop her from doing what was passionate and important for her, because she ends up helping so many people that were just like her, so many girls that were just like her, where what she experienced, she was on the brink of death. But that turned out to be the thing that causes her activism to be heard around the world on behalf of girls everywhere especially places where education is not made readily available to girls for a myriad of reasons so that's why the fundraiser for Camfed was so important and so substantial really really great to see malala and we are so blessed that archie is allowing his employees harry and megan to bless us with all this content He is just completing the finishing touches to his foundation as well as starting his production on his television shows from his Netflix deal. And he's allowing Harry and Meghan to attach their names to his work while he focuses on the overarching vision, a generous boss, allowing his hired hands to take so much credit for his work. I'm inspired And so that is pretty much all I have for today. Please make sure to check the links in the description for all the topics discussed in this episode. Don't forget Time 100 Talks is coming up on Tuesday, October 20th, where the Sussexes are hosting. You must register to watch it. Make sure you're registered. There's a link. There's plenty of links floating around on Twitter. I will also put the link to the page there uh and please make sure to rock the vote and find out all the information you need according to where you live Uh, there's also a link for that uh and for the upcoming deadlines in your state and as many of you heard early voting is happening now so um and in places where it's not happening it's about to so Make sure y'all are paying attention to your your particular areas. I know you are. I know you are. That's just the type of people you are. Um, But it's coming up. So please don't wait until election day to vote. That is the best way to get your vote stolen. And uh, yeah, my ancestors didn't sacrifice for me to play around with my vote, you know, because with all the tricks that folks are coming up with, that's just a risk i don't think you should take i know i'm not taking it so please vote early make sure to find me on ig at sussex set you can find me on twitter somewhere over the rainbow can't say what it is yet but if you know you know and that's fine you can even tell a person or two if you want to but please don't make it a public tweet not yet um and also uh if you want to support the podcast or uh, join me on Patreon, you can definitely find me there. Patreon.com slash Sussexset. And shout out to my three new patrons. I appreciate you. I love you. Seth fam. Y'all already know what it is. Sussex squad. I love y'all. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Social distance. Remember that your story is yours to tell and no one else's. And when you're going through something difficult, keep going. And when you make it through, share what you learn because it may very well be somebody else's lifeline. Be blessed, friends, and until next time, peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.